And welcome to Ray Mahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I'm so happy you're joining me today on jrootradio.com. For those of you who are new listeners, here is what we do. We try to learn and to develop new skills and tools to renew and to strengthen the connection that you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation torah that's what it's all about i'm telling you it's all the torah you know i i i I, baruch hashem i'm privy to work with a lot of couples and i want to tell you it's really all in the torah we just have to follow the torah when i say the torah i want to tell you something i'm not gonna tell you there's no skills and tools of course there's skills and tools but they're all embedded in the torah what i mean by that is that you have to understand something very important And, and thank you for listening to me today by the way those of you who are Listening to me today live, May 11th, 2017, the 30th day of the Omer. Oh, wow. Yeah. I also have a really important announcement to make at the end of the show. Wow. Really important announcement to make at the end of the show. show. Should be listening to the show to the end. Um, what I want to tell you now is as follows. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening again. It, a lot of people don't get this, what I'm about to say right now. And of course, those of you who listen to my shows... And even if you don't listen to my shows, I'm assuming you know this. Marriage is is not just, you know, a relationship where we feel good about and connected to each other. It, marriage has to have Kedusha in it. If marriage doesn't have Kedusha, then your marriage is toxic. And I'm very serious about this. Meaning your house... Your house, I don't know if you listen to me in your house, maybe listen to me in your car, but when you get back to your house today, your house has to be a makam kadosh. It has to be a holy place, the shechina resting in your house. Now, a lot of you listening to me like, holy kadusha or the greenfield, come on, don't start. <laughs> I am starting. I'm really starting. And the reason I'm starting this is because, you know, sometimes I work with people, it's just like, did you guys ever have a shana rishona? You know, I'm actually talking to you, listening to me right now. Did you ever have a, did you have, what do you mean? Of course, I'm married, I'm married for, for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Of course I had my Shana Rishona. No, a lot of you actually did not have a solid Shana Rishona. You did not have that connecting, that structured, that inspiring, the Kedusha of a Shana Rishona. It never happened in your homes. And I want to tell you, uh, for a lot of you, the reason it hasn't happened is because simply you were not trained. You didn't know. You had no idea. You had no idea how to speak to your wife. You didn't know what it means to, how to be mevater. You didn't know. You didn't know one thing about a woman. You didn't know one thing about a man. So you tried, and you sort of took pot shots at it, but you were not successful. And therefore, now your marriage has completely missed the shonari shona stage, and it's never gotten to where it's supposed to be. I'm not again. I'm not talking to all of you, but I'm saying a lot of you, a lot of people that I meet, I see that that's true. And some of you it might be a little bit true. Maybe not completely true, but it might be a little bit true. Let me clarify a little bit what I'm talking about because some of you might not be getting it yet. So I'm just going to clarify this. What I'm talking about are boundaries, policy making, and routines in your home. A lot of you don't have set boundaries, routines, healthy routines, and policy making, And that's just toxic. And I want to tell you something. It's one thing if you don't, you're not doing it, it's just you and your husband or just you and your wife, 
and there are no boundaries, I don't know about no boundaries at all, but some very, very important boundaries. It's one thing if you don't have it, just you and your husband, but if there are children around and you still don't have those boundaries, I want to tell you those children are going to be affected by it in a very, very bad way. Let me let me clarify a little bit what I'm talking about, and thank you for listening again. This is definitely important for those of you who just got married, for those of you who are planning to get married, and I would say for a lot of you who have been married for a while, I would think this show is definitely worth to listen to because you're going to see, while I'm talking about different things, that chances are you're going to be like, well, actually, that boundary is a good idea. Thank you, Rabbi Greenfield, because we don't really do that so much as we should. Okay, so what am I talking about? Policy making is crucial to a harmonious marriage. However, the policies must be done collaboratively. And when I say collaboratively, I mean you cannot impose boundaries on your husband. You cannot impose boundaries on your wife. You can't come in one day and say, well, I just want to let everybody know that uh, I read an article about... Uh, about color and in food, and I read that it's really unhealthy, and it could, God forbid, be carcinogenic, and it could cause all sorts of terrible things. So I just decided that we are not eating any color in this house anymore. So what's wrong? What do you mean? I just read a whole article about it. It's true. I just read that article. It's really dangerous. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be done. Of course, it's an important issue. But did you discuss it with your wife? Did you discuss it with your husband? Have you been, did you establish this in a collaborative way? Did you discuss how you're going to introduce this into your house? Or one day just walk in, that's it. Guess what? No more soda in this house. What do you mean no more soda? What do you mean? Well, that's the rule we're making. No more soda. You know, first of all, just to like lay laws in the house in the middle of like whatever it is, is not a smart idea. It has to be done in a, in a smart way. And second of all, we have to work together with our spouse. So whatever I'm talking about as far as collaborative, I'll tell you right now, I'm talking about doing it together. You and your husband, you and your wife, you, you make up things together. You don't do it separately. So that's number one. Now, what am I talking about when I talk about policies? I'm going to talk about some very basic essential policies that you're going to hear. You're going to be like, oh, of course, I, I know that, Rabbi Greenfield. But then there are going to be stuff that you might think is not important, but you leave you me, it's very, very, very important. Let's talk about the obvious stuff. Number one, number one, I'm assuming whoever I'm talking to right now, if you're listening to me right now, I'm assuming that if not all of you, but most of you are people with your Shemayim, who are Shomrei Torah Mitzvos, who have Yer Shemaim, Yer Sashem. So this is sort of going to be obvious for you, but a lot of you who, even though you might have Yer Shemaim, are still not going by this policy. This policy, I would say, is pivotal for every house. Every house. What am I talking about? Nivel Peh. There should not be any Nivel Peh in the home. Now you can tell me, Rabbi Greenfield, oh, come on, I'm not so religious. I know I listen to your shows, isn't that? It doesn't make a difference. Nivel Peh 
takes the Kedusha away from your home. But what about if I'm really, really upset? I am so upset at my wife. I am so upset. You know, I, I, you know my husband, he's been promising me to give me money for something. It's not even for me. It's for the kids. And I, I keep on asking him. Now comes the summer, and my children are without whatever it is. And they're not even in day camp. They're not registered. And, and like, I'm, I get upset. You're right. I get upset. I lose control. I, I lose control. So when I lose control, I say certain things. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Gentlemen, I'm talking to you as well. Some of you have anger management issues. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that you're bad people. I'm just saying that what we get upset. We get upset. We get upset. Or oh, Greenfield, if you know my wife, you get upset too. <laughs> I hear this also. My point to you is nivel pe does not belong in the home. Period. Do people fail? Yes, people fail. Is it a hard thing to do? Most of us hopefully not, but for some of you it is. It doesn't belong in the home. It's like, I don't know how to explain it to you. It's like taking a vase, a beautiful vase, and just smashing it on the floor. It's like, you know, let, let me, okay, actually, let me relate this to a lot of you right now. It's like taking the most, the, the latest iPhone or Samsung 6, 7, I don't know, and, and taking it and just like trying to break it. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is, your home has to be like, a mikdash mat, a, a small base hamikdash. That's the only way to have a successful relationship. That there's kedusha in the home. If you're going to bring nivel pen to the house, now I, I know some of you, it's like nivel pen, yeshivish. Call it what you want. You, you want to call it ill-mattered language. Even you know, even the, the, you know, I have to be careful when I say this because the question is right now whether the secular world out there really today is machshed this or not. But I would say at a certain level, yes. You turn on the regular radio, you're not going to hear nivel pen. <laughs> it's not allowed. It's something that it's part and parcel of every fabric of the society. This I, you know, it takes chases the kedusha away. Number one. And if you don't like the spiritual part, no problem. I'll tell you like this. It has damaging effect on your relationship. It creates tremendous distance from the relationship. And it's very hard to repair the relationship when you use Nivel Pet. It, it just, it just, it's just very, very, very toxic. And it shouldn't, does not belong in the home. Next. Um, it is important. It is very important to know that when things are getting out of control in your house, if you see that your wife has just had it, and for good reason, and she's losing control, and, and you see it's just happening, and she's losing control, and, and just sometimes it's screaming, or this, or if your husband, whatever, you have to know how to say it. It's not a good time to discuss this. It's not a good time to discuss this. And the boundary in this, I would say, is never in front of other people. Ever. Definitely not in front of friends, guests, relatives. Some of you who are listening to me are, are like, what do you mean, Rabbi Greenfield? Like, you think I would argue with my husband in front of other people? Do you know there are people who do this? There are people who argue with their husbands in front of other people. Friends, relatives, on a Shabbos table. They'll argue. An argument will start. And what's funny is is that it never really starts like that. When they first got married, they would never in their life think they would argue in front of other people. But just, you know what? Slowly but surely, it's like a shtach. It starts like with a shtach, with sarcasm. And that's another thing that doesn't belong in your marriage. Sarcasm. Sarcasm, trying to be cute. Oh, yeah. Oh, is, 
oh, delicious fish. Oh, I'm telling you, it's delicious. It, it, uh, too bad I don't like fish, but delicious fish. Like, why are you playing this game? Let's not be sarcastic. Not in a funny way, not in a jiving way. What does the Rambam write? The Rambam writes as follows. The Rambam writes, he says, V'chein, hold on here. Tzivu, chachamim, sheyiyeh, adam, mechabedis, ishta, yosem, egufo, ovak, egufo, that a man should honor his wife more than himself, that he should love her as himself. I ask you a question. Do you think the Rambam meant that you should be sarcastic to your wife? Ladies, when the Rambam writes, That what? That we're talking about honoring your husband like a king, honoring your wife like a queen. This is not really the, the Rambam. It's in the Gemara. That what? We have to treat our spouse like kings and queens. That means being sarcastic to them. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah, you definitely know what you're talking about. I'm just making a joke. It's a joke. I'm just making jokes. Just a joke. You don't joke around with your wife. You don't joke around with your husband. You know, these things are so elementary, but they're happening in houses. It might be happening in your house where your spouse, every once in a while, like sort of jokes, sort of stuchs you. Yeah, I'm just making a joke. I didn't really mean it in a bad way. Yeah, I'm telling you, Tikha looks like a shmata. I didn't really mean that. What? What are you talking about? There's no such jokes. There's no such jokes. It's like, you know, okay. Next, what else? Other policies, which are important. I hope, I really hope in your house you're doing this. If your spouse is on the phone, don't interrupt them. Are you listening to me? If your spouse is on the phone, they're saying something that you really feel should not be said, or they're, you know, they're embarrassing themselves, they're embarrassing you, they're embarrassing the children, and they're on the phone, don't interrupt them. It's very, very rude. And if you don't think it's rude because you do it, or your spouse does it, or your parents do it, I'm telling you it's going to create distance. Your spouse is not going to stop and say, oh, yeah, sure, honey. I'll definitely tell him that uh, I'll pay him tomorrow because I have the money. No, no, he won't do that or she won't do that. Don't get involved with your spouse's conversation on the phone. If you feel it's so pivotal that you have to say something, write it down. Write it down and give your spouse a note. But don't interrupt him on the phone. This is a boundary that has to be made in all houses. We don't, we don't want to interrupt other people's phone calls. It's just, it's just not nice. But you know what? You're going to say, we always do it. Rabbi Greenfield, come on, get over it. I'm telling you, it creates distance. I'm telling you, when you interrupt your husband's phone call to tell him what to say, or you're interrupting your wife's phone call to tell her what to say to her friend or to her mother or to the principal or to whoever it is, trust me, you're going to create distance and it's not going to help. Okay, next. You should never. <laughs> I'm laughing because these things, things are so simple, but I'm seeing people are just doing this. Never, you know, some of you, some of you listening to me, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, check, I don't do that, check, I don't do that, check, I don't do that. Let's see where it gets to a point where like, okay, maybe this actually is a problem. Okay, next, this probably, it doesn't exist in your home, but I'm going to say it anyways. The D word. The D word should never be used in your house, no matter what. I don't care if you get into the biggest fight ever, ever. You should never ever use the D word or in Hebrew it's the Gimel word. What I'm talking about is get or divorce. That is a word that should never be used. Because let me tell you something. You know what that really means? That means you're going to, in a certain sense, cut off 
kaviyachal your leg. Would you say that to your husband or to your wife? Would you say to them, oh, you know what I'm going to do? Okay, fine. You know, I, I, I think then a person says, a person says that I think I have to cut off my leg. <laughs> Would you ever say that? Would you ever say that to your spouse? Of course you wouldn't say that. Well, what it is. And unfortunately today in today's society, a lot of people aren't getting it. They don't really understand what it means to, to get divorced. They don't understand. They think it's like, okay, fine. Disposable. It's not working out. It's not working out. So, uh, you know, we're fighting and maybe we're not meant for each other. Like, like what? Do you understand that the Mizbeach cries every time just to get? Do you understand that the word, the letter Gimel and Tess never appear together in the Torah? Do, do you get it, what Kedusha means? Do, do you, you know, this show is called Reim Ahuvim. Reim Ahuvim, right? Uh, what does that mean? Reim, friends, Ahuvim, that love each other. But what is it? it it's Basar Echad. Al King, Yazov, Ish, Es Avives Imo, Vidavak Be Ishto, Vehayula Basar Echad. Therefore, a man will leave his father and his mother and will cleave to his wife, and they will be one flesh. And, and you're discussing divorce? You're discussing get? Are you for real? Like, listen. I'm not, I'm not stupid. Believe you me, I, 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 I realize that sometimes a divorce is necessary. I very much realize that. The same way I realize that sometimes an amputation is necessary. But that's the way you have to look at it. Not as a sum like, okay, there's an option. It should never, that word should never come out of your mouth. Either get or divorce should never come out of your mouth. If that's the word that want, that, that's, that's trying to get out of your mouth, you should go seek help really fast. You better seek help. Not your mother or your friend or your who knows what you go speak to your rabbi go find a marriage counselor go find a therapist go get help but that word should not come out of your mouth ever ever okay i'm sorry i'm so strong about this but you know and sometimes okay we're gonna talk about it soon our kids are hearing all this let's go on weiter okay like this don't don't criticize the way your wife is doing something. Do you hear me? If your wife is making salad and she's not cutting it small enough, or if your wife is cleaning the house in a certain way, don't criticize her. Really, don't criticize her. Don't tell her you shouldn't do it like that. Do it the other way. It's very demeaning. It's very demeaning for your wife. Ladies, it's also demeaning for your husband. You know, you're in a car with your husband. Don't, don't tell him, oh, I think you, you turn right, turn left, um, this, that. Don't do that. Don't correct. Don't guide. Don't show them how to do it. If they're really messing up, like in a serious way, you want to suggest in a nice way, not while they're doing it. You hear me? Not while they're doing it. Maybe at a different time, you know, I just noticed that you were doing that. I'm wondering if you want or whatever. Okay, even then you're playing with fire. But maybe, have, maybe sometimes it has, has to be said. But not while they're doing it. You know, why did you cut the sound like this? You know, let me, let me show you how to do it. Let me show you. What? What? Let me show you? Like, what's the right arm is, is fighting with the left arm? What are you doing? What are you doing? Let me show you. Let's let her be. Let her be. Let her do her thing. This is the way she does it. Just be mavater. Let him be. So he's going to make a wrong turn. So he's not going to, you know, so he doesn't know how to do this, that, the other thing. Let him be. Here. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it gets done. So you know what? Just let him do it his way. Next. Oh, that, that's also very true for, for you know, for some, some of the older couples, and even not so older couples, if your husband or your wife is overweight and you really want to make sure that they eat healthy, 
They'll say, you know, you really shouldn't be eating that. You know, why are you eating that? You know, it's not good for you. What do you mean? I care for my husband. That's why I'm talking to him that way, because I care for him and I love him. And that's the way I'm showing him my love. No, 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 no. It's not. You're criticizing him. That's what you're doing. You're criticizing him. Or gentlemen, okay, to your wives, you know, to, 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 say, to say to her, well, you know what, uh, you're not, um, you're, 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 you're not, you know, you shouldn't wear that. That just that doesn't, know, it doesn't look appropriate, you know, whatever it is. You know, it's a whole class in itself, and, and I'm not going to get into it right now, but I'm talking about within the bounds of halacha, but you feel it's not appropriate. No, don't get involved. Don't get involved. Really, don't get involved. If it's mamish, not within the parameters of tzniyas, okay, that's a different story, and even then, and even then, don't just say it. Don't just say it. You could speak to your rub. You could listen to my other shows, how to do it. But it, it, it's a very dangerous thing. And a lot of people are just constantly criticizing their husbands, constantly criticizing their wife. Why are you doing this? How come you're doing that? And how come you didn't do Did you call this one? Why did you call that one? It's constantly, it's like, what does that do to a person's self-esteem? It definitely doesn't help it. Let's go on. Let's go on. Okay, are you still checking the checklist so far? Everything's good. This is not happening in your houses. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Um, okay. If children are interrupting during the meal, it's very important during Shabbos. This is a very important um, thing for Shabbos. For those of you joining me right now, by the way, this, this is like a lot of Shana Rishona stuff. And those of you who are married for a while, you can like sort of make a checkbox list and see, check, 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 if you're already, you know, you're doing all this stuff anyways. But I think it's important to listen because a lot of these things, even though we think we're doing it right, we're not. Okay. Um, if children are interrupting during, especially on Shabbos, okay, um, it, your husband's talking. He's talking, saying a Dvar Torah, this, that, the other thing. Or your wife's talking, and she's saying something, and children are interrupting. We have to teach the children that there's a certain respect that's given to Tati and Mami, to Abba and Ima. Now, if you're going to decide to do this while your kids are teenagers, oh, there. It's not smart. I'm talking about this is how kids should be raised from when they're small. When they're, when they're younger, then you have the opportunity. You have a lot of opportunity to show them, to guide them, etc. Once they get older, don't, don't try it then because that's already a little bit too late. <laughs> I say older, I'm talking about adolescent, teenage years. Don't start implementing new rules. And if you're going to do that, the only way to do that is to have a private conversation with your teenager and to sort of have it done in a way where they sort of figure it out on their own as opposed to telling them what to do. Well, you know what, you know, uh, you think it's nice to interrupt Tati. Every time he says Advar Torah, you're constantly interrupting him. No, you don't tell it to your teenager. If you want, be smart about it. Then you can have a small conversation with him afterwards and say to him, you know, it seems like a lot of people are interrupting Tati. What do you think we should do about that? Something like that, okay? Give him some control. Make him feel like you're not criticizing him. Give him some... Get, let him shine and come up with ideas. Meanwhile, you'll see he's not going to interrupt because he's talking about the other kids. Whatever it is, the point of the matter is that if children are interrupting, generally we should say to the kids, mommy is talking, tati is talking. Let's show tati some respect. Let's show mommy some respect. If we respect each other, then the kids are going to respect us. You understand what I'm saying? If you, you respect your wife, you want your child to respect your wife, Right? Of course you want your child to respect your wife. You don't want your child to be defiant. You see your child is, 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 is being very chutzpah to your wife. You see your child, whatever. If you want your child to respect, the biggest lesson is by doing it yourself, by respecting your wife. So I don't mean you're not respecting your wife, but what I'm saying, Shabbos, let's respect mommy. Mommy is talking. Let's not interrupt. 
But that means that you should interrupt her either. Ladies, I'm talking to you too. If your husband's talking, you should... And, and this is very true, by the way. Ladies, I'm really talking to you more than I'm talking to the men right now. Because I, I see, you know, there's no absolutes, but I see that generally it's a male problem. Male men get very offended when they're interrupted. That's what I see. So if you don't want your children to interrupt your husband, try not to interrupt your husband yourself. What do you mean? Of course I don't. Sometimes you do. You might not notice it. I, I know no, no one does this on purpose, but sometimes we do. Are you still checking off the checkbox? So far we're good? Okay. We move on. <clears throat> we move on. We move on to this. You should have secret words or secret motions with your spouse. So if you get stuck in a situation where all of a sudden you see that your wife is embarrassing you, she might not realize it, and she's really hurting your feelings by disagreeing with you in a very vehement way or by embarrassing somebody in your family or your husband all of a sudden he's embarrassing you he doesn't really understand he starts telling he starts talking about how delicious the food the the how delicious the schnitzel that you made meanwhile you actually bought it and now it's starting to be embarrassing whatever it is you have to have some sort of secret words or secret motions now this there's a very interesting caveat over here when i speak about secret words and secret motions Many times your family will learn what those secret words and secret motions are. It's not really such a big problem. A lot of people think, well, that's a big problem. My husband knows. Everybody knows what's going on. No, no, no. It's not a problem because in a certain sense, they get it. From the beginning, they get it. They understand right away that, they're, that you're being embarrassed. They don't say anything, but they, the, the kids are very astute. They, they know good and well that mommy's being embarrassed right now about Tati. They're not going to say anything. And if they see that mommy is you know, doing a certain motion or tapping on the table or saying something that they, they, everybody, they all know what it means. It means let's talk on the side, whatever it is. It's fine. It's okay because they see that you guys are working it out. And that's important. So first of all, it's important because they, it calms them down. And second of all, it actually teaches them that when they get married, they should have secret words or secret motions and stuff like that in order to communicate. So, that, you know, you don't have to worry about them that they know these motions are. And again, everything I'm saying right now has to be done collaboratively. You can't just come home and say, oh, by the way, this is what we're doing from now on. Okay, are you still with your checkbox, still checking? So far, you're good? Everything I said you're still doing? I mean, I still do. I'm saying you, you've done and are still doing? That's amazing. Let's move on. Okay, toxic threats. Toxic threats create distance and should not be used in the home. And when I say toxic threats, I'm talking about this. Um, we're not leaving this house until you make that phone call. I'm not leaving this house until it's completely cleaned. I'm not washing Amotzi until all the kids are here. It's not the way to talk in the home, not the way to talk to your spouse, and not the way to talk in the home. That's a threat. It's toxic because it's very controlling. It's not collaborative. We're not working together anymore. It's my way or the highway. And if that's going to be your attitude in the home, what's going to happen is, number one, it's going to create distance. And number two, your kids are going to pick up on it. And they're going to do the exact same thing. And that's why I say, whatever it is that you need or you want, work together with your spouse. Moshe, Yaakov, Shlomo, if it's okay with you, I'd rather not wash until all the kids are here. Um, Shifra, Sarah, I, 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 I know that you're waiting for me, but if it's okay, I'd rather make that phone call before we leave. Not, we're not leaving until you make that phone call or not leaving until I make that phone call. That's controlling. 
That's what it is. It's nothing else, none other than controlling, and that should not be used in the house. Okay, next. This, what I'm about to say, so far you're all checked up, right? The checkboxes are good. The next thing might actually ruin your streak, because I see this a lot, and that is like this. If you have children, and for whatever reason is your children are asking something, they don't ask you, they ask your husband, and they know, because if they would ask you, you would say, no way, uh, there's no way, you can't do that. If they ask you to sleep, go to sleep late, they ask you not to do their homework, they ask you to go to a friend, they ask you to go to a friend's house, whatever it is, as long as it's not really dangerous, okay? And they ask, and then your spouse says, yeah, sure, not a problem. It could be a small thing as, can I have the dessert in the middle of the meal, or it could be a big thing as, could I... Could I, you know, can I not do the homework right now and do it later? You know, everything is relative, but what I will tell, oh, can I read this book? Whatever it is, if you're, unless it's mamish dangerous, do not argue with your spouse. Do not argue. Don't have a situation where mommy says yes, and then Tati says no. Or Tati says yes, and then mommy says no. Meaning whichever spouse decides right away whether it's yes or whether it's no sometimes many times i'm seeing a lot the other way around i'm seeing a lot around okay you know it depends on the couple but what i'm seeing right now is that is that a lot of women are complaining to me that their husbands are being a little too strict with the kids they're being too strict i'm sure it could happen the other way around but i'm telling you what i'm seeing that a lot of women are complaining that you know a lot of their husbands are using old-style techniques and just everything is no. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do the other thing. And the kids are going to do it anyways. Okay, this is a conversation you should have with your husband. But if your husband said already no, don't tell a child yes, obviously. And don't argue with your husband in front of the children. Do you hear me? Don't interrupt your husband and say, well, you said no. Actually, let them do it this time. It's okay. Yaakov, let her do it. It's okay. I tell, it's fine. Shlomo, you know, this time I'm going to let it go. It's okay. He just said no. If he said no, don't argue with him. Gentlemen, I'm talking to you as well. If your wife said no, that's it. Mommy's word is a word. If mommy said something, it's kadosh. It's holy. Back to the holiness. That's what it is. Now, for next time, you can have a private discussion with your wife. Not in front of the children. You go to your room and you have a discussion, a nice discussion, not a forcible, controllable, controlling discussion. You know, that's not good. You know, I, I don't know why you're being so strict with them. That's only going to ruin. Let me tell you how you have the discussion. I know that the reason you said no is because A, B, C, and D. But I'm thinking the best thing would be that. Would that be okay? And then maybe come to a pshara, work it together. It shouldn't happen right away when you have your hats on, hungry, angry, tired, distressed, because then you're going to be mad. Then you're going to have the discussion in your room. It's going to become a fight. It's going to become a really big fight. You got to wait till the right time. But that's not the, the, the class right now. The class right now is about boundaries and, and uh, policy making. And hopefully we'll have time to go to routines. But what I am saying, this is mostly Shana Rishona stuff, but right, hopefully you're checking checkbox. And maybe now you stop checking the checkbox because many times if mommy says no, then daddy says yes. And daddy says no, then mommy says yes. And that's just not right. And the reason it's not right, I'll tell you why. Because even if at the end of the day you're thinking, wait a minute, how can I let my husband let my child do that? I'm not talking about something that's not safe or something like that. You're going to argue with your husband. What do you think your child is going to feel? 
he's going to feel a disconnect between mommy and tati, between Abba and Ima. And that's going to affect him negatively. Do you hear me? Probably going to affect him more negatively than you correcting your husband or your wife and then quote-unquote working it out. Because you haven't worked it out. It's a fight. And the child sees it. And the child should not be privy to this. And that's why it should not be done. So if mommy says yes, it's yes. If tati says yes, it's yes. And that's the way it remains until you have your private discussion in your home, in your room, and that's it. Obviously, if Tati said that, you know, he could be up all night and not, again, it's a different story. And even then I would say don't argue. Even then I would say to say, Moshe, can I discuss something with you? And then go to the room and have a private discussion with him. And then come back out and say to your child, we decided this. Not him or me, but we decided. And that's also exceptional because the child senses that there was a fight. Trust me, it's not good. If it has to be done because it's a serious issue, it's one thing. But don't get involved with the chinuch decisions, the, uh, I should say, the, uh, the immediate chinuch decisions that your spouse is making. Whatever it is, if your spouse said yes, let it be. Even though he's not, that's a discussion you have with him privately in the bedroom later on. That's not something that you discussed. He said yes, let it go. Let it go. Abba, I don't think it's good for my kid. He needs to do his homework. Well, Tati said yes, just let it go this time. Then have discussion. It's worse for them to see you fighting. Okay, how are we doing that checklist? Let's go on. Don't speak about... Another one here. It's another boundary. Don't speak about children issues with kids around. You hear? If you're going to talk about... many, Some of you are are checking this really fast. Like, I definitely don't do that. But some spouses, they speak about the children in front of the children. You know how poisonous it is for the child to hear that you're shutting up how how to... to make certain decisions about the children in front of them? It's like, what's going on? These are private discussions they shouldn't have. These are, this is very, very important, by the way, because when these, this type of stuff happens, what, what actually ends up being is that a lot of unhealthy alliances are, are, are produced, meaning it's, it becomes, you know, mommy and, and, and the daughter against Tati or Tati and the son against mommy. It's a very, very, very dangerous situation. So that's why I'm saying, even in addition to everything I said to before, as far as creating boundaries, when your husband says yes, it's yes, your wife says no, it's no, whatever it is. I'm telling you what happens is many times you try to find people who agree with you, your son, your daughter, Whoever, and then it becomes a, these really unhealthy alliances, and it's just, it's just terrible. It's just really, really terrible. It should not happen in your house. Any discussion about the children, whatever it is, should be done in private, not in front of the children. Okay, okay. Next. Let's move on to, to a couple of other areas. We'll talk about, uh, about boundaries again. For those of you just joining us, this is a lot of Shana Rishona stuff. Those of you who are married for a while, I would say take out, you know, take out the list and check, check it off to see how, how you're doing. And most of you, I'm sure, are doing great thus far. But some of you might be stuck in a couple of issues. I want to talk a second about finances. This is not a show about finances. We've done shows about finances. But it's a very, very vulnerable issue. It could be very, very toxic. I want to say one thing about finances, and that's like this. You know, yes, there are a lot of people out there, especially, especially husbands, who are complaining that their wives are spending too much money. I hear this a lot, and it's a big problem. It's a big, 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 big problem. Maybe not in your home. But it's a big problem. Now, mind you, a lot of these women 
who are supposedly spending so much money really are not. Most of what they're spending are on basic needs for the home. It's just that the husband doesn't see them as basic needs. And therefore, in his mind, she's spending a lot of money. But there are times, there are many, there are times where a woman is spending a lot of money excessively. So definitely she's buying things for the children, but it starts get, it's getting excessive. Definitely the children need it, but... Do they really need two or three pairs? Or do they really need in this color and that color? Do they really need that brand name? So it does get excessive. But what I'm talking about right now, ladies and gentlemen, is if you're going to buy a t big ticket item. When I say big ticket item, it really depends on your finances. Big ticket might be $50. It might be $1,000. It depends, you know, where you're holding as far as, you know, Parnassus is concerned. But whatever that means, and that mean, big ticket means whatever your spouse would think is big ticket, it should not be done without your spouse, even if you're sure that your spouse wants you to buy it. So what do you mean? We spoke about buying a couch. So what's wrong? And my wife's been talking about buying a couch forever. So I, I'm seeing this on sale. I can reach her. I'm in Ikea with my friend. I'm just going to buy the couch. What? What are you doing? What are you doing? Now, for a couch, it might be obvious. But there might be other big ticket items that might not be so obvious, such as what? Not necessarily furniture, but how about a bike for the child? So we spoke about, I told my husband that, that, that Shia needs a bike. So I'm in the store right now. I see a good price on a bike. I'm going to buy it. No, call your husband. Call your husband. But what do you mean? Of course, he wants it too. No, don't be so sure. And even if he does want it too, he wants to be involved. Gentlemen, I'm talking to you as well. See this, I hate to say this, but I see more of a female problem. Ladies, please don't be upset at me. I'm just telling you what I see. Where, what do you mean? Of course my husband wants it. It could work the other way around. It could work the other way around too, but we have to be careful. We don't just buy stuff. You know it's going to, if you, even if you don't sense that, one thing for sure, if you know that if you'd call your husband, he'd be like, whoa, why do you want to get this? I don't know, why is this so, then of course you shouldn't be getting it. But I'm talking about a case where he would say, oh, okay, fine, no problem, get it. Call him anyways. Call him anyways. Let him be involved. Let him feel that he's also part of it. Men, I'm talking to you too. I am talking to you too. You know, especially when, you know, many times you'll, you'll, you'll be in a grocery or you'll be in a store and you're buying food. Your wife doesn't really need it. And you're buying this, that, and so much takeout. And it's like, who needs all this takeout? Call your wife. Call your wife. She said, and ask her, do we need this? And many times she'll be like, I'm throwing out so much food. Call your wife. Again, I'm not chas v'shalom trying to control you men and telling you that you should always call your wife everything, every time you buy something. Obviously not. But what I am saying is that if it's something that you know has been a trigger in the past, work on it together. But even if it's not a trigger, ladies, even if it's not a trigger, if it's a bike, if it's rollerblades, it's roller skate, it's a scooter for your child, it's, it's you know, it, whatever. It's, it's that book bag that you told them you're going to get once. Call them up, say, is it okay? If, I think the child needs a book bag. Do it together. Why? Is control? I have to ask him permission? No, you don't have to ask him. I think you don't, they don't have to do it. Don't do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. This is not one of those things like nibble pet. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying it's going to help the marriage. It helps the marriage. Don't look at it as a controlling thing. Look at it as, I'm, you know, we're, we're working together, especially if it's a big, I, I, I've seen a situation I, 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 where this husband bought this big piece of furniture. He's like, what do you mean? My wife wanted it anyway. It's like, call your wife. What do you mean? Who said she even likes that color? Okay, let's go on. Um, how are we doing that checklist? We move on. We move on. Okay. Um, all right. 
Oh, by the way, the only time maybe you could do this, you could do actually a nice big purchase without asking your spouse is maybe if you're surprising them to go take them on a vacation. Maybe that's the time actually you could do it. But <laughs> okay. Did you just say that maybe even then you should call me? All right, let's move on. Um, okay. Uh, we're talking about boundaries. Uh, you know, we'll, we would be amiss if we talk about boundaries and we don't speak about in-laws. <laughs> because, you know, one of the most sensitive, vulnerable, um, tricky situations is in-laws. In-laws is always tricky. And when I say in-laws, I'm talking about mother-in-laws and father-in-laws, and I'm talking about son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws. You know right away that it's a tricky relationship. I mean, you know, all the jokes in the world are about mother-in-laws and father-in-laws. So we know it's tricky. It's very, very, very vulnerable. Why is it that way? Because of expectations. We all have expectations. When we marry off our son or marry off our daughters, Bez Hashem, those of you who have married spouse, will marry your spouse. Must marry your children or, or, or those of you who have married children will marry, marry off your children. You should know one thing. You, you know, as much as you know it, you don't know it clear enough, and I'm here to tell it to you, there are certain expectations you have of your son-in-law and your, and your daughter-in-law. This is the way it is. And the most important thing is that you want them to take good care of your child That's the, and, and your grandchildren. And many times you're going to see that they're not meeting your expectations. And here you are, you know, you became a mother-in-law, and things were going well. Now you have a, your first grandchild or your second grandchild, and, and you just, you're, you're just beside yourself the way your daughter-in-law is taking care of your grandchild. You would never, never, ever do so much stuff, that, so many of the things that she doesn't do and does do, what she feeds them and how she takes care of them. There's no bedtime. Um, there's no meal time. It's just it's a big balagan. Like, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to just keep quiet? Is that what you're supposed to do? The answer is absolutely. Keep quiet. It is not your place. But what do you mean it's not my place? Your place was to raise your son. Your place was to raise your daughter, not to raise your son-in-law or your daughter-in-law. So, you know, I'll tell my son. I'll tell my son to tell my daughter-in-law. Don't. Don't. It's very, very, very dangerous. You're going to create machlokas. What do you think is going to happen in their house when he comes over to her and says to her, oh, you know what? Um, I was thinking maybe that we, you shouldn't feed the children so much sugar. She's not stupid. She's going to know it comes from you. <laughs> she, you know, who, who, where did you get that idea from? Did your mother tell you to say that? No, she really didn't tell me to say that. Really? Uh, it's very, very, very dangerous. If it's a really, really serious issue, like a really, really serious issue, we're talking about like safety or, or, or mamish, we're talking about sickness or medical or whatever it is, okay, then consult someone. Then consult someone. Consult a professional on how to go about do, doing it. Generally, the best idea is to find some mediator in the middle, a rub or this or that. But I would say 99% of the time, most of the time, don't get involved. Don't get involved. Don't, you're going to create machlokas. You're going to have to bite your tongue. That's the only way to do it. It's very, very, very hard. Now, for those, now for those of us who have father-in-laws and mother-in-laws, it's also a tricky relationship, right? You have to remember one very important thing, and that is you have to show your father-in-law and mother-in-law karsatov. And I'm going to tell you why. But oh, you should know my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, the way they raised my... It's all true, but at the end of the day, they're the parents, and at the end of the day, they did raise your spouse. They raised your spouse. Who took, care, who took them to the bus? Who changed them? 
who, you know, who carried them for nine months? Your mother-in-law. She carried your spouse for nine months. She had to go through labor pains for your spouse. Have some Akaras I know some of you are laughing at me right now because, like, my mother-in-law, are you serious? Yes. Yes. Hakaras shoots through all, meaning, yes, your mother-in-law is making you crazy and she's controlling and she gets involved with your marriage, but still, show a little bit of Hakaras You would not have your spouse if not for your mother-in-law. I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, should I actually say this? But that, that's, that's the truth. That's the truth. So we have to have Hakaras So you're not getting along with your mother-in-law? You're not getting along with your father-in-law? Trust me. Show them respect. When they come, raise their self-esteem. Tell them, you know, you really raised your daughter in such a beautiful way, and, and, and I'm getting so much. Compliment them. Positivity breeds positivity. Negativity breeds negativity. And yes, you might be getting a lot of negativity from your in-laws, but don't fight it with negativity. You hear me? Don't fight negative with negative. It's not going to work. You know what works? What works is switch it around. Flip it on them. And they're going to be upset. You compliment them. They want to complain it to you. You tell them how amazing their, uh, you know, their, their, their meals are. Whatever it is, compliments, positive, and you're going to see that's going to create a positive atmosphere. And that's what helps role modeling. That's really, really helps. Let's move on. How are we doing that checklist? Okay. Let's talk a little bit about... Let's, t let's touch routines. We don't have a lot of time. Let's touch routines. Again, this is sort of like a Shana Rishonah show. For those of you who are married for a while, you're checking out the checkbox to see if you're doing everything I'm talking about. But let's talk about routines. You know, I'm going to use this term. I know it's, it's a very strong term. Rachmana Litzlan. Rachmana Litzlan, there are couples who tell me that they don't have time for each other. Uh, and I'm using that term. Rachmana Litzlan. Because that's like, telling me I don't have time to eat. I don't, I don't have time to eat. I just don't have time. That's why. So the reason these person the reason I'm demaciated because I just don't have time to eat. Like I eat normal. Like how are you going to maintain a relationship without spending time with each other? How, how are you going to maintain? And your wife's upset at this, and she's upset at that, and she's complaining and negative and critical and everything. But you're not spending any time with her. When was the last time you asked her about her day? When was the last time that you shared your day with her? When was the last time you went out for a walk? Oh, we do it once in a while. I did it last week. Last week? It should happen on a regular basis. It can't happen every day. It should happen every day. If it can't happen every day, maybe every other day. It should happen every day where you have your quality time. I would say Rahman al-Islam for those couples who are not spending quality time with each other because it's only going to create poisonous atmosphere in the home. There's going to be a lot of resentment, especially from the woman because she needs that connection much more than the man. The man also many times. But it's going to create resentment. It's going to create all the criticism and, and, and agmas nefesh. A lot of it is coming from because you're not spending quality time. Your routine has to change. Bah, I go to a shear. I go to a minion. I wake up late. You know what? Great. Now change it around. Would you not eat if that was the case? I'm asking you. Seriously, would you not eat? Are you comparing eating to marriage? Yes. Yes. People don't get it. People learn to take a look. I, I, I said this many times. Take a look at the end of the Ramam Hilchas Chanukah. What the point of all of it is? It's all about Shalom. It's a Kaddish Bochu's name. Yes, you have to do everything to spend quality time 
with your wife. And this is really not a job for the women. It's mostly a job for the men. I haven't met women who doesn't want to spend quality time with their husband. Sometimes you feel, sometimes you get these exceptional cases where they're a little bit overwhelmed. The husband is a little bit too, too much, but hardly, hardly happens. Generally, it's the women who are complaining that they don't spend time with their husbands. Or, they just, or, they, or they'll get to a point, I don't care anymore. I'm not interested in spending time anymore. Because they're just done, you know, done. So I'm saying to you, you have to create routines that include quality time with your spouse. I, even if it means to change your whole day around. Even if it means to change your job. Did you hear what I just said? You're getting upset at me? I, I really don't care. Even if it means to change around, if you cannot find time to spend time with your wife, and, and it's going on days and days and days at end, the only time you get to spend with her is on Shabbos. And even then, you're sleeping, right? You should change jobs. You should really change jobs. Speak to your Rav. Speak to your Posek. Speak to your Chacham. I'm sure they would agree with me. Because that's pivotal. So routines, let's talk about the morning. What, what's going on in the morning? Are you running out of the house, gentlemen? Are you running a house, out of house, Dominion? You're in a big rush. You got to go. Ladies, you're in a big rush. Could you greet each other in the morning? Could you say good morning to each other? What's wrong with doing that? You don't wake up at the same time? He's up already. You know he's up. You see his eyes are open. You could say to him, good morning. How did you sleep? It's really the man's job to do. But if your husband's not doing it, you do it. Good morning. How did you sleep? Oh, I didn't sleep so well. He's going to complain. Okay, let him complain. Who cares? How did you sleep? Okay, so now you're starting off positive. Your husband's running off to Minion. Your wife's running off to whatever it is. Where they're going is maybe they're very rushed right now. They have to use the restroom. Let them use it first. Respect each other. Respect each other. Okay, so you have, you know, you be the one who's being mavater. You'll be a little bit late to Minion. If your wife is in a big rush, let her do her thing. You know, we have to show covet to each other. We have to treat each other like a king, like queens. That's how we have to treat each other. Of course, it's hard. But that's how the day should start. Just start positive. You're going to make a coffee for yourself? You can ask your wife. You want me to make a coffee for you too? Now, I'm not saying you have to come every day and serve coffee to your wife or tea for your wife or whatever. It's a nice thing to do. Sometimes it happens so by rote that sort of, you know, it's like, okay, it's not even appreciated anymore. And that's something that's important also, ladies, but also men also. You know, if your wife's doing something for you on a consistent basis, like a nice little thing, or your husband's doing it for you, like serving you coffee and tea, let's not, let, let, not, let it not be, you know, become an entitlement. Let, let it always be an extra thing. And I'm, I'm sure this is something that you're checking off your checkbox. Most of you don't have this issue, but I do see this issue sometimes. And, um, yes, that's, that's number one. So that's how the morning should go. You're leaving your spouse. Bye, have a great day. Say that. Bye, have a great day. Why are you just running out of the house? Hope you have a good day. When you're out of the house, once or twice during the day, hope you're having a good day. By text, call. Don't ignore your spouse. It's your wife. It's your husband. When you first got married, you wouldn't ignore them. Why are you ignoring them now? Call them. Text them. Men, this is really for you more. When you come back, ladies, this is for you, but also for the men. Depends who's coming home first. Greet your spouse. If your spouse is coming with bags, help them with the bags. Depends on that. You know, I've got different love languages. But one thing's for sure. I'm telling you, all men like being greeted. Greet your spouse. I've seen this across the board. Greet your spouse. Hi, how are you? I'm having a crazy time with Shlaimi and Shifra upstairs, but I came to say hello. I hope you had a good day. Okay. Okay, at least my wife is a of me. Your husband is going to feel very, very important. If you have to, you know, I'm sorry to say this, but sometimes it's important to put yourself together if, if, if it's important for your husbands. Most of your husbands, it is important for them that you're put together. So if it's important for them, 
Just do it. Do I have to do this? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. I'm telling you what's going to bring more shalom bias. It's important for most husbands. Again, this is not about what you have to do. This is about what's going to help. Now, my husband's not interested in spending time with me. If he was be interested, he needs some cave time. Give him some cave time. Gentlemen, after your cave time, make sure to reconnect, connect with your wife. Doesn't mean a dinner table. It means you could sit with her alone and ask her how her day was. But we don't have time. Carve out the time. This is very important with routines. Now, okay. So what I want to talk to you about. Um, is there anything else over here? So how did you do with that checklist? <laughs> Hopefully you got it all checked out. What I want to tell you like this. This is probably the first announcement we're making of this. Be'ez Hashem Yisparach. Be'ez Hashem Yisparach. With HaKadosh Baruch Hu's help. Um, not next week. May 24th. Wednesday night. May 20th. Last year we had a phenomenal, phenomenal program. It's a parenting and marriage conference that we had. Jay Root sponsored it. And Mitzvah Hashem, we're planning to do it again May 20th. This is, what I'm telling you right now, basically is uh, put it on your calendars. Put it on your calendars. May 24th. It's not next week. The week after that, J-Root is going to sponsor a parenting and marriage conference. Now, they're holding between doing it in two places, really depending, trying to figure out how many people are going to come, etc. But you mark it on your calendars. Why am I saying this? Because you listen to my shows. You hear me so many times. A lot of you are coming to me and telling me thank you. It's really all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But you know what? It's different when you come. It's different. You come. You listen. You get to ask your questions. We'll talk about pivotal issues. This year, also, we're going to have a special session. We're going to be talking about dealing with teenagers. So, so, so hard. Dealing with your teenagers. The defiant teenagers. The chutzpah teenagers. The teenagers that, you know, you see like, starting to shift in a place that you don't want them to. We're going to be talking a lot. Myself, Bez Hashem, Mordechai Weinberger. We're going to have another, um, another one or two guest speakers. We're trying to have breakout sessions also where you could pick a topic. So I'm telling you right now, mark it on. You exit out on your calendar for, for uh, May 24th, which is in two weeks. Two weeks, May 24th. You're going to hear it on J-Rude. You're probably going to see it in Torah Times. But I will tell you like this. What I'm telling you now is mark it on your calendar. Exit out. J-Rude Conference. Parenting and marriage conference. Come down. Come down. Let's talk about pivotal issues. It's important. It's going to be also a fundraiser for J-Root. You know, I, I would say the, the big fundraisers for J-Root is the Radiothon. We have Yom Kimmichan. And this one. But this one, I would say, sure, you're supporting a good cause. Of course you're supporting J-Root. What's more important than supporting J-Root? Who doesn't gain from this? But what I will tell you is you're going to gain from the, from the lectures, from the conference, from the people. You know, why am I saying this? Because I very much believe in people coming down, making an awareness, talking about parenting issues, marriage issues. Why should you fight with your husband about issues? Let him come down. Let him come down and listen to himself. I'll tell you next week how to convince your husband to come down. It's not going to be expensive. It's a, it's a fundraiser. It's not going to be about hundreds of dollars. You're going to hear about it more. Mark it down on your calendars. Exit out already, May 24th, okay? Questions, comments, or feedback. 917-397-2841. 917-397-2841. This has been Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Thank you for listening. Hope you have an inspiring, amazing, connecting week. All the best, and we'll see you next week. Amir Tzashem.